Hi, my name is Pastor Sheena Cameron. And I'm Reverend Gerald Cameron. And welcome to Word Up, a community where preachers grow. So when the devil try to take me down, remember James 1 and 12 receiving that crown. Welcome back, welcome back to another week of Word Up, another week in which we dissect the word. We're going to continue in Luke. And the last week we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan, and so we are going to pick up right after where we left off in Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. Again, we arrive at a familiar passage for preaching, a story that has been shared and preached in many different ways, Um, and so today we'll just share with you some ways in which we can look and lean into the text in a new and fresh way. Yeah, and so I wanted you to start off with, um, because I think this week is interesting, uh, Gerald and I have different takes on the text, um, and we're going to preach it and, and land in different ways. So I'd like to hear uh, where you think the text is uh, lending itself. So, so first of all, before I get into that, I just want to share one thing, and it's um, opportunity of growth for, for me as a pastor and for pastors in general who approach this text, is the, and that is the caution of putting or pinning one against the other. Um, pinning Martha against Mary, um, however you preach it, the goal is not seeing one better than the other, but rather to welcome them and usher them into um, the same posture. And so for me this week, I'm taking the approach of looking at um, really the posture of Mary versus uh, Martha um, and not necessarily pointing out the blame in Martha for being distracted, but just saying that in all of our lives, we're going to be distracted. We're going to be busy uh, doing things. But the one thing that is needed, as the text concludes, um, is having the posture of being in a place, in a position where uh, we are at the feet of Jesus, where we are leaning into the word of God, um, and so, for me, um, I, 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 I was talking it over with Sheena. I had boiled down um, the ways in which I see Mary and Martha is this way. Uh, Mary, the meditative Mary, and the uh, mission-minded Martha. And you could take it that way if you wanted to, uh, but just be very careful not to pin one against the other um, because both are needed in ministry. That's the other piece in this text is if you don't have mission-minded Marthas, a lot of the work in the church won't get done, but you need meditative Marys to really um, be individuals who pray, who intercede, who sit at the feet. I mean, both Mary and Martha are called to do the same thing. And so it's just that we all, um, in some measures of our ministry, and I think that's what my wife is going towards, um, do that. And so how do we both behold um, the, the face of God? How do we behold the presence of God in all that we are doing in the name of Jesus? And... <clears throat> Just to close off that comment, I do like the two, even though I'm not going to do archetypes, um, I do like at least you're saying meditative and mission-minded versus like uh, what I think we tend to do is say, 
because we jump down when um, Jesus says that she has chosen the uh, better part. the better part. Um, I can't sing, so we're not going to sing best part at this point. Um, that song, but it's, it, that is a beautiful song. But back to the point, I think better, worser. You know, that's not a word, but we tend to still go into comparison mode. And I think mission-minded and meditative are two very different, but one is not better than the other. Um, And so I do agree that if you are gonna make them archetypes, try not to use archetypes that insinuate that you as the leader thinks one is better than the other. Because I don't think Jesus is saying that a person and their approach is better than the other. Um, so we just want to be careful with that. My one piece I wanted to go into about the two sisters is I think um, I think I'm going to go with over the lifespan. I pastor two older congregations, and I think that Mary and Martha, I'm looking at them from capacity limit. Um, and what does it mean at some points in our lives, we do a little bit more service, we're more available to do. And at some points in our lives, we're more available to listen. And in the text, it's interesting, we make Mary, based on old sermons and all kinds of things, we make Mary into this contemplative, mystic, almost like Howard Thurman, who has like this, I don't know, deepness about her. And we make songs about being at Jesus' feet and liking it unto, well, we, it's two, two scenarios. Uh, we liken it unto um, Mary Magdalene with um, her hair, washing his feet with hair. And then we also liken it unto Mary in this, this Mary in this context. But the point I'm making is we make a whole, uh, what you want to call it. We make a whole big thing about being at the feet of Jesus when at the end of the day in the text, she's a person who's just listening and taking in information. She's giving presence, but it doesn't really say that she's any deeper than anyone else. So that's why I think I'm going with the lifespan um, interpretation that we ha- all have limits. And I think that part of Martha's disdain, because in my opinion Martha is like getting testy with the Lord um part of her disdain is because she's frustrated Martha is distracted and I think that there's a gap between what was required and where Martha's trying to achieve in service and I think that's why she started getting angry and blaming Jesus for not telling Mary to help her because I think had she understood that Jesus accepts her hospitality, had she understood that Jesus accepted what she did by offering him into her home as he was journeying to Jerusalem, that wouldn't have left room for her anxiety and distraction. Right, because in this text, uh, Jesus is not condemning Martha. In fact, Martha is the one who opens the door to welcome him into her home. Um, Jesus doesn't call out her busyness. He says, you are worried and, distract, uh, worried and distracted. In other translations, it's worried and bothered. But there's something about Martha 
that Jesus can sense and where the invitation is again this is an invitation for Martha is yeah. an invitation into behold into being in the presence of Jesus because sometimes in the busyness of hospitality or the busyness of ministry or just the busyness of just living um, we sometimes get into that regiment or groove or rhythm of doing and not being um, doing in terms of getting tasks done but being as also being in the presence of God and letting that move us into the doing and so I think that Martha begins with being as she welcomes or opens the door and goes immediately to doing and so sometimes there needs to be space in between to sit and to really be at the at, 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 in the midst and the presence of the one who we've ushered in, the one who we have been brought to, to, to close with. And so I think it's so important for us to really look with that, play, play with that space in between the, 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 the opening of the door and the, the, the meltdown, the, the Martha meltdown, I should call it. <laughs> Um, you and these M's. I, 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 I like I like to play with words and, 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 and ministry, be artful with it. But that Martha meltdown, um, you know, and, and really sit with that tension because we've all been there. We've all been there where, you know, there's more there's, there's, there's more mission than meditation, right? There's more there's more in yeah. front of us. And so, you know, we've been we, behind us. Right, 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 right. And so, you know. And, and, and we sometimes ask the question, oh, Lord, do you even care? Like, like, like I'm overwhelmed. Like, this is so much going on. I have to get this prepared. You're here in my face, and I just need to get these. Things. I just need to get this task done. And my and my and my meditative Mary sister, uh, you know, is 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 in front of you, enjoying your presence while I'm slaving in the kitchen. And so, what does it mean to be so worried and occupied by tasks? Um, and Jesus just says, "Just, just, just chill." <laughs> you know, basically, put it in twenty twenty two terms. Just chill and choose me. Choose what's in front of you first, um, and, and 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 move towards that. Because at the end of the day, right, they eventually had a meal. Right, Martha eventually went back to the kitchen, but she had that moment in which the worry and distraction, which consumed her. And consumed her preparation process. Jesus wanted to come for that. Jesus wanted to come to say, "Okay, I know you're preparing. I know you're overtaxed, but just focus on me for a minute. Mm. Um, and then once you can focus on me, then I I, I I guarantee that when you go back to preparing or going back to to to, to being hospitable, you're going to do it in a different way. You're going to do it in a non anxious way, a non worried way, a non distracted way. And so the, again, the, 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 it's not chastisement; it's an invitation um, to 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 go from uh, a being in the presence to doing the work. And I wanted to ask you this question as we kind of close off um, from a contextual standpoint, uh, a conversation, again, we had a little bit off air is as pastors and leaders, okay. based on what you just said, 
<sighs> so it's so many things I could ask based on what you just said, but I'm going to keep it to this. How do we not elevate and perpetuate the state that Martha is in? Not that we shut down service, right? Because uh, even in our, uh, method, in our Methodist tradition, that serving, that diaconia, that's where we get the word deacon. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to like abandon service, right? Um, or diaconal ministries. But the point I'm making is, how do we as pastors, because here's where the people like Martha normally are in our churches today, especially with declining um, attendance um, events, just trying to kick off, trying to figure out what do yearly events look like now on the other side of COVID. Our Marthas are the ones Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They counting the money. They buying the food. They making the purchases. They're doing the reimbursables. They're with the children's ministry. They're at our VBS. They're, you know, setting up whatever needs to be set up. They're taking down. They're very powerful people in our church normally, normally in the black church. So how do we not perpetuate the state of being that Martha was in with the frustration, what I would call burnout, and the anxiety. How do we not perpetuate that in the black church? That's a that's a good question. Uh, is is multi-layered because we have the same people who are recycling roles and doing this. You know, so you know, they they, they may be the money counter, they may be the deacon, or the deaconess, and they may be the worship leader all at the same time on a Sunday. Um, yeah, that's at the same time. At the same time, right? <laughs> at the same time. And, you know, you really have to, as the pastor, first you have to practice what you preach in terms of really modeling what it means to have a space or a dash um, and to show that between your your meditative time and your doing time. Right. So you need to show people um, and model that, you know, there are days in which you're not doing anything, but you're just consulting and listening and being at the feet. And then you have to tell train your people to do otherwise, because sometimes uh, people come to church and are doers and that's their worship. That's their ministry. And they could be so consumed by their identity and that task and that role that they never truly experience transformation themselves. Um, and so we have to really deconstruct a lot of things that we hold there and there in our heart. And one is our workaholic tendencies, right? Hmm. As, as a church, right? We, we, we A lot of our churches may be in do or die situations. And so we're yeah. just working, working, work, work, working to get things done. And he's just saying that's not how that that's not how you should do it. Like it, you, I, you know, I died for you. <laughs> you know, I know. you don't need to die. I know to 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 keep the church up. <laughs> um, you know, focus on this one thing, right? Focus on this one thing that is before you, the presence of God, and maybe. Um, you know, service looks like in a season is being in the presence of God and not making a decision. And just saying, I'm in the presence of God. I don't have an answer. I don't claim to have an answer. I don't claim to know. And that's very countercultural to our society because we want to know. We want to have solutions right then and there. And we have very, and we can be very impulsive. But what does it mean to sit uh, and do like Mary, right? And have a Mary moment and just just say, hey, I, you know, the, the bread's in the oven. The 
the, the food is on the stove, but God, and it may be burning, but I'm right here with God. I'm right here with Jesus. And, and, and that to me is more important than anything. And so how do we prioritize presence with God? And I wanted to say too, um, just to end off that point, I wanted to say for me, I, I do that sometimes, but what I will do, <laughs> I don't know if people see my meditative time, so that's something I'll have to ask my congregation, come back the word up and let you all know. But what I will say is that I, uh, I, have rele- I will release people to let them know we're not going for perfect, we're going for complete. Or I'll say, hey, I'm going to just let you know, FYI, sometimes this is in this little small details. And in this instance, we're going for what we can do. And so I try to release people. And I don't say it from a point of like disappointment. I let them know we're empowered. This is, you know, um, we're scaling back or whatever it is. And I just let them know, hey, I'm good with this. And I'm just suggesting you be good with this too, because I don't believe in burning my people out, and I will let them know we will do the best we can because I don't want you to burn out. And, of course, everybody's going to say, Pastor, I'm not burnt out. But at the end of the day, the goal is always to keep you from being burnt out. So I hope that this was, I know we went a little bit over time, but this was a familiar passage of scripture that we really wanted to unpack. So I hope you enjoyed your time with us discussing Mary and Martha. And so thank you so much for joining us here at Word Up, a community where preachers grow.